Hello, producers, and welcome to episode number five of the Hayfield Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. In today's episode, I'll be giving you my first impressions of the Blackmagic Design Atom Mini Live, live Stream Switcher. I've been working on my intro. What do you think? All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome to the Happy Digital Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It feels good to be feeling better. Um, I'm just finally on the mend of that ridiculous uh, Christmas sickness that was going around infecting everyone. I'm, uh, I'm on some antibiotics now. I feel 100% better than I did about a week ago today um, and 100%, uh, 200% more than the week before it. It's weird, though. I've I've got like this sort of cough that's kind of come back, but only, it's like it, it's like there's just some residual stuff left over in my chest that I've been trying to get up. My wife has been experiencing the same thing. Don't know where that's coming from, but aside from that little annoyance, I feel amazing now, and uh, it's good because now I'm back at work. Kids are going back to school. Things are starting to move again. All the holiday stuff is done. It's time to get back to work, so I need to be feeling good for that, and I am. And I'm thankful for that. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, we uh, will be talking about the Atom Mini Live Switcher from Blackmagic Design, um, which I've been playing around with for about a week now. But before we get into all that, I have some updates, plenty of updates to talk about. First things first, though, the most important update has to do with this right here. So um, for maybe the last, I don't know, three, four, five years or so, I've had this kind of year-end tradition that I just started for myself. It's really based on nothing, just wanting to do it, is uh, I would grow my beard starting around September or so, and then uh, at the end of the year, basically January 1st, I would shave it off. New year, new me, if that's what you want to say. But um, this year, I decided to keep it for a little while, only a little bit shorter. You may notice it's been trimmed down a little bit, but... Um, I've come to the point where I enjoy it. I actually really enjoy having a beard, and uh, uh, I think I'm going to keep it around for a little while. I think it suits me well, um, even if it makes me look like a lumberjack when I wear certain things. But anyway, yep, keeping the beard. Also, more updates about the podcast studio. Um, so I've actually made quite a few changes to the setup, even though it may not look like it. I've made quite a few changes between uh, since last week and now. So for starters, uh, one of the cool things is, and I'm gonna use this Ada Mini switcher board to show you, I now have a second angle. That's right, we have a top-down angle. I've got a new camera, well not a new camera, it's my RX Sony RX100, which I've mounted just above me here. Got a couple cables in the mail that will allow me to keep it powered on as well as routed into the switcher. The switcher is making it possible for me to be able to switch back and forth between these two views. Don't know exactly what this will come in handy for, but I guess if I've got something cool to show you, I can kind of show you there. Uh, any unboxings I plan to do, if any, I can put there. But um, yeah, that's uh, it's, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I, that was one of the things I wanted to do was have a second angle of some kind. Maybe I've, I mean, I've got four inputs to work with, so maybe I will add another one here um, at some point, although I just don't know where I'm gonna put it because I don't have a ton of space to work with. But anyway, 
So that's update number one for the podcast studio. Got a second angle there. Um, also, for any of you who listened last week, you may remember that I was experiencing some audio issues. I had, um, basically, the scenario was this. I had this Behringer uh, Euphoria UMC 202 HD, which is an audio interface. It's a two-input audio interface. Um, and I was using this just solely as an input for this microphone here. And then I was using the audio outputs on the PC tower, on the back of the PC tower, as my audio outputs. That worked, but the problem was, by the way, Brendan, keep the beard. Thank you, brother. I'm going to do that for sure. Good to see you on here. Um, so the issue that that, that that was creating, having the output come out of here, was, see if I can remember the order of this. As far as OBS is concerned, I could monitor my desktop audio, but if I, if I wanted to turn off my desktop audio, I wouldn't be able to monitor my mic audio because they were kind of tied in. Basically, if I, if I monitor my mic audio, it would kind of double up with my desktop audio and it would cause an echo. So if I wanted to be able to control the desktop audio and mic audio independently, um, I, could, I, I could basically... I don't even remember the order it was. But basically, it was causing an issue where I couldn't control them completely independently, and it was driving me nuts, and I wanted to have full control. If I want to mute the mic and keep the desktop audio, I want to have the ability to do that. If I want to keep the desk, or if I want to mute the desktop audio and keep the microphone, I wanted to have the ability to do that. And with that setup, with the audio interface and the PC output, I found a way to do it, but at the, at the expense of being able to monitor my audio here. Um, I did come up with a solution, a workaround to fix that, which was using an app, which I also mentioned last week called voice meter banana. That's V O I C E M E E T E R banana. And, um, that's basically, I guess, just like a virtual audio interface. And it allows you to kind of reroute some of the different audio inputs and outputs. Um, so I was able to do that and it worked great and I was happy. I was like, okay, this is working. But the problem became that I could, anytime I used Premiere, that's when it caused issues. I, I noticed when I started editing a project, um, I would change my audio output within Premiere to be a voice meter, but playback just all of a sudden became super stuttery and not like, not like playing large video files stuttery, but like, uh, just, it, it, I don't know. It was like a different kind of stuttery that I never experienced before, but I pretty much knew instantly that it was related to that. And I figured out that that was definitely the case when I went into my sound settings and changed it back to the original setup where, yeah, I wasn't using the voice meter. So, and my theory of why that is, is that when I'm using Premiere, I have it set up to where I'm allocating four gigs of data for other programs. So in other words, when I'm using Premiere, Premiere is um, basically taking up a lot of my computer's juice. So oh, I've got another comment from Brendan real quick. I just bought the Rodecaster Pro. It comes this week, and I'm hoping that it helps me with some of those issues. I've seen the Rodecaster Pro. Uh, I got to play with it a little bit a couple weeks ago. I think it's like a $600 audio board. Uh, it looks really awesome. It's got six buttons on there. You can put sound effects in, even though I've got my little Elgato stream deck here and I can do this if I want. 
By the way, I could use some suggestions for some new sound effects. But anyway, yeah, the Rodecaster looks great. It's got, um, I think it's got multiple headphone outputs. So if you're doing a multi-person podcast, multiple people could be monitoring at once. Obviously, you can uh, route your audio and, and it's got, uh, I forget how many inputs, but it looks like a pretty cool device. Um, so that's awesome that you got that. Tell me how you like it because that may be something that I'm saving up for, Brendan. So thank you for mentioning that. Anyway, so... Yeah, the audio issue was becoming a pain in the ass. So what I ended up doing is basically just using this audio interface as all for, for everything, my inputs and my outputs. Now, the reason I wasn't doing that for a while, it was actually two reasons. Number one was my speakers. So these Bose speakers that I have mounted up here on my shelf, they basically, they, they just have one, they, they all, they converge together to come into one eighth inch um, uh, plug. On the back of this audio interface, the only outputs that it has are the two uh, quarter inch RCA plugs. I wonder, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to touch it. I was going to try to show it using this angle here. The problem is if I do that, the cable, the power cable in the back of this is very sensitive. And I, if I move it, I'm worried that I'm going to unplug it. So I'm not going to do that. But anyway, yeah, it's right here. So um, what I ended up doing, so oh, hold on, let me back up. That was issue number one, was the speakers not matching the output of the audio interface. Number two really just came down to um, monitoring my headphone. I, before I had my headphones coming out of my PC tower back here, and that was fine, except for the fact that um, I kept having to unplug and plug everything back in. Then I moved the cable over here with that little, this little guy here. A little uh, button thing, which, by the way, was awesome when I mentioned it last week, uh, but now I really don't have a use for it anymore because of this new audio setup. Anyway, um, but w with the with the headphone cable over in this area, it was out of the way, and it was kind of wrapping around this way. With this audio interface, um, I didn't want to have to run the microphone cable like across my desk and get in the way. It's just kind of an annoyance for me more than anything. Luckily though, these particular headphones, like right now, the headphone cable runs from here, back, around, and then I've still got at least a little bit of slack left, which is fine. I'll deal with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but once I sort of f figured out the issues with that, everything kind of came together. What I did was I just went on Amazon and I bought a eighth inch to um, quarter inch RCA adapter. So I plug the speakers into the eighth inch female portion of the adapter, and then that splits out into the red and white quarter inch RCA cables, uh, plugs, and then those get plugged into the back of the audio interface here. Whoops, knocked down my little army man. So now what this allows me to do is monitor my audio directly by the way, my, my microphone audio, I can monitor directly without any sort of lag at all, which is awesome because the uh, it also solves the issue of the situation before where the audio that I was getting to my headphones was delayed by just a fraction of a second. If you remember that, um, oh man, what was it? There was, a, there was an app, and I forget what it was called, but basically you would put on headphones and you would start talking, 
and it would play your own voice back to you at like a half of a second delay or something like that, which essentially made it impossible to speak. I got to figure out what that app was called. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting app. And um, I think it was popularized by, there was a guy on uh, YouTube who did like a review of a gun, just like a handgun or something, but he did it. Spe- it was like a speech jammer, I think is what it was called. Um, and he tried to do this review using a speech jammer and he couldn't do it. It was hilarious. Anyway, that was kind of the effect that I was getting with that. But this solves all of that. The only issue that I have with it that I apparently can solve if I get something like a head, uh, headphone preamp, which is, would just basically go between the audio interface and these headphones. Um, but I can only, I'm only monitoring mono microphone audio, which comes out of my left, uh, the left channel here on the headphones. I hope, by the way, if there's anybody listening, um, especially with headphones on, if uh, you could let me know if audio is coming out of both channels, my mic audio, because that's that's one thing I need to look into, which I guess I can figure that out after this live stream is over. But um, yeah, other than that, I, I'm, I'm loving the setup. It gives me the ability here if I want to turn on um, monitoring and play some stuff out of the speakers, I can do that. Um, so that solves the issue of that little push button thing that I have that would alternate between my headphones and my speakers. Um, that fixes that. It can all be controlled through here. Eventually, though, as Brendan indicated in the chat there, uh, I want to eventually get something like a Rode Procaster because it's going to just going to be easier to use. Um, and um, yeah, so let's see what else. What other updates do I have here? I think that those were the big ones. And obviously, and that is a good segue into the topic. The main topic for today's show, which is the Blackmagic Design Ada Mini live stream switcher, which I have right here. And let's go to this top-down view. Apologies to all of you who are listening to this podcast at the moment. Yes, it's coming out of both sides. Thank you, Brendan, for confirming that. That's awesome. Good to hear. Um, so yeah, here's the Atom Mini. This thing, um, I've had a couple days, maybe like two or three days to deal with it. I actually uh, went away for the weekend. My 14-year wedding anniversary is uh, tomorrow, actually. Yeah, tomorrow, January 6th. And the missus and I um, took a break and went out to California for the weekend just to kind of hang out, just us, do some shopping, and uh, just kind of celebrate 14 years. So haven't had as much time to play with it as I would have liked. However, of the time that I've had with it, what I will say is that this thing is super simple. I've seen online it gets uh, mixed reviews, it's, um, oh, wait, here, here's something you can do with it. And actually this would be, let's see, where's the picture in picture? There we go. Does it work? Hold on. Oh, there we go. Hey, how you doing? Picture in picture. So that's one of the cool features of this thing. You can, you know, whatever is in your uh, channel number one, you can put in the corner and you can actually put it up there. You can put it over there, put it over there, wherever you want it. Um, you can do all different kinds of transitions like fades and things like that. I kind of prefer the hard cuts, just being able to cut directly into it as opposed to, let's see if this will work. Yeah. As opposed to like a fade. And I've actually heard that with the fade transitions, it's actually more taxing. Um, if you do a live cut, uh, I guess it's, you know, just one frame and then it cuts to the next frame versus uh, a fade where it's sort of mixing and matching frames from both different uh, inputs and that in some way, I guess is just more taxing on your system and, and it's more requires more processing power, something along those lines. I'm not exactly sure. Anyway. Um, 
Speech Jammer. Man, Brendan is on it. Everybody go follow Brendan Halbum. He's uh, he's uh, in the chat. I'm, I'm pointing at something that no one can see right now, but uh, he's in the chat right now helping me out. Appreciate it, brother. So, yeah, this, uh, this switcher, I've had a little bit of experience with these Blackmagic switchers um, building another podcast studio, but at the time I purchased a really expensive switcher. It was their, one of their more professional models that I think is closer to around $3,000 or so. Could be like 2,500, I forget exactly. But this is basically a more simplified version of that. This one has four inputs where some of their more professional models are gonna have closer to eight. Uh, but I mean, if you're doing something like I'm doing where you're just a live streamer or maybe you've got you know, a two-person podcast, this thing's awesome because you can plug in four HDMI, HDMI inputs and you can have four different camera angles that you could be switching to and from easily, just like that. So pretty cool little device. Um, trying to think of some of the things that I had heard about with this. One of the things that is a little bit of a limitation for this, and I imagine that in future uh, updates or future versions of this they're going to address, is that you can only output a maximum resolution and frame rate of uh, 1080p, 60 frames per second. So this won't do 4K, which is a little bit of a bummer, uh, given what I was doing before, um, which was basically out of both of these cameras, this angle and this angle, uh, both of these cameras are outputting 4K resolution into OBS. And then what I was doing in OBS was recording to my computer at 4K um, for editing purposes later. If I wanted to cut clips out and do a little bit of editing, it just gives me a little bit more flexibility editing in a 1080p timeline. Um, and then I was rescaling the output for streaming to 1080. Uh, which, I mean, makes sense. I don't need to, you're, you're going to, most of you guys are going to watch this on a small screen anyway, so why would I output 4K? It's not always necessary, in my opinion, and it's just going to require a lot more processing power, so might as well save some of that. Um, but this, because now basically both of these camera angles are coming in to this Atom switcher, um, that means, and then and the Atom switcher is going into the PC, that means that uh, the max I'm getting out of this is uh, 1080p at 24 frames a second. I set it to 24 frames a second. I just kind of like that cinematic 24 frames per second frame rate. Uh, I could go to 60 if I wanted to. I'm, you know, I think that's probably more applicable for gamers and things like that. I'm, I don't need that, so um, I have it outputting at 1080. So, yeah, the downside is that now, unless I'm recording my camera externally, um, I'm only going to be outputting... I'm only going to be recording and live streaming at 1080, uh, which isn't a huge deal. It's it's really not a big deal. I could technically record on the camera while I live stream. The problem with that is twofold. Number one, I mean, you've got a recording limit on these Sonys uh, of 30 minutes. If I go over 30 minutes, then I've lost some of that recording or I have to restart the recording. Number two, there's no way that I can record 30 plus minutes of 4k on a sony a6500 without the thing overheating and and i don't know i don't even recall if there's a different recording time limit for 4k on the a6500 i could there could be in which case it's it's even worse of a situation so at least on these two cameras i can run a 4k signal into the ada mini which then rescales it and i'm hoping that maybe that adds a little bit of sharpness 
I don't know exactly how that works. Um, but hopefully that higher resolution picture being crammed down into a 1080p output just gives a much more sharp image. Um, one of the other cool things that I heard about this board uh, through a YouTube video that I watched at some point was that it also does not matter what you're outputting from any of your sources. I could be outputting, outputting 4K at 30 frames per second on this one and 1080 at 60 frames per second on this angle here, and it wouldn't matter as long as the output on the Ada Mini is set to whatever you want it. So in other words, the Ada Mini will rescale all of your inputs to whatever you set on the Ada Mini, um, regardless of, of the inputs. I don't know exactly how that works when it comes to, you know, let's say if I'm outputting 1080, 60 on, uh, let's, let's try something different. Let's say I set the Ada Mini to output at 1080p at 30 frames per second, but I have my cameras coming in at 1080, 24 frames a second. If you've ever tried to play back 24 FPS footage in a 30 frames per second timeline, you would probably notice that it's a little stuttery because you're trying to fill 30 frames worth with 24 frames of footage. So it's got to skip or try to find a way to kind of fill in those extra six frames. Um, I haven't experimented with that. I don't know. Maybe that's a good subject for uh, a future podcast to figure out how that works. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly how that works or if that would cause any issues. But for me, it doesn't really matter. I, I've got these both set to 24 frames a second. And I've got this thing set to output at 1080, 24 frames a second. Um, this one does come with some software. Let me pull it up here. Stream. Nope, that's not it. That's the Stream Deck one. Hold on a second here. Um, Atom Software Control. And then, boom, let's go over here. So this is the software that comes along with this. And um, this... So right now, as you can see, I'm in the corner of the screen there. So that's basically, that's my Atom output right now. So I can switch back and forth between those two in the corner. So, um, and as you can see, as I'm switching on the switchboard here, it's also switching up on the screen. So you can actually control your inputs from the software if you wanted to. Uh, there's also a media player um, haven't played with that at all. There's also, oh, media, this is what I was looking for. So this is another way that you can add images. I don't, uh, from what I saw, it doesn't sound like you can play any, um, video. I think it's, it's only going to work with stills. So in other words, it doesn't sound like there's a way currently to, um, like put in any animated lower thirds or anything like that. Those would still have to be at, put in in uh, using OBS. I'm still using OBS um, uh, in in conjunction with the Stream Deck here, in conjunction with the Ada Mini. So it's kind of an interesting setup. Um, OBS is obviously what's generating the stream, and I've I've got two sources there that again that allow me to switch between Cam One here and screen, and then basically the Ada Mini. Currently, the way that I'm using it is just so I can switch back and forth between my A Cam and B Cam. I, I plan on building this out more and figuring out exactly what can be done with this and, and uh, playing with it. I've also heard, by the way, that there's ways to 
have the, and let's go back to this view here. I've also heard that there's ways for the stream deck here, which is this little guy, that that can be incorporated and used um, with the Ada Mini somehow. I don't know if it would essentially replace it, as for, meaning the buttons, if the buttons, you can set the buttons on the Stream Deck to do what the buttons on the Ada Mini do. I'm not sure, but um, uh, I did see someone on YouTube in a video somewhere mention that that was possible. So, how we doing? Where are we at on time? Been live for 25, 26 minutes. Not bad, not bad. So, yeah, this was not this was not meant to be an in-depth review of the Ada Mini. Um, just more or less, like I said, my first impressions based on the time that I've had to spend with it. Um, another thing I'll say about it too is that setup was crazy easy. Plugged it in. Um, it doesn't come oddly enough. And and this was this was strange too when I bought the. I'll go back to this view here. It was when I bought the the more professional unit for the other podcast studio that I was putting together. Um, it didn't even come with a power cord, which was bizarre to me. You actually had to buy the power cord separately. It came with no cords. It was just the unit. I don't know if that's how they normally do it. I don't know. But this one came with a power cord, but it didn't come with any cables to connect it to my computer. Luckily, uh, it does have a, it's labeled as a webcam out, um, USB-C port on the back of the Ada Mini. Uh, let's see if I can, hold on. Okay, I gotta do this carefully because I don't wanna, no. Anyway, but this is the, uh, this is the webcam out power cord here, and then I've got camera one, camera two. Um, so it came with a power cord, did not come with that cable. Luckily, I had an extra cable um, that I could bring from the Atom to the PC. Uh, so that that's interesting. I, I don't really know why they wouldn't provide you with more of the cables that you need to be up and running, but whatever. Um, what else? What else we got? I don't know. I think that was it. Let's take a drink of water here. So those are my first impressions. I, I, I will say, as soon as I plugged it in, downloaded the software, that's the point I was trying to make earlier, by the way. If uh, As soon as I plugged it in, downloaded the software, and plugged in the cameras and turned it on and opened up OBS, it was pretty much, it just worked, which doesn't normally happen. I, again, the other, the more professional broadcast switcher I was trying to use before, um, it, you had to set up, you had to play with the IP addresses and do all sorts of weird setup that I can recall. Also, the other board required some kind of a capture card between the board and the computer. There was no way to just run it directly into a PC or whatever and have it up and running. In this case, plug it in, get the software, boom. It, it worked instantly. So um, it's definitely made for live stream purposes for for this type of purpose and they did a really good job i'm interested to see what kind of software updates come along with it i'm interested to see what kind of future updates they're going to be releasing to go along with it because um, it's a cool little device and i'm looking forward to um, playing with it a little bit more in the future so on that note i think i will end it here um decided to write an intro for the podcast i haven't wrote an outro yet but it's something I want to do more of. Uh, I'm realizing, you know, when I first started the podcast, and I said this a couple episodes ago, the goal of the pot or the, the plan with the podcast was to um, just have something where I can kind of come in, press go, and and begin. 
and not have to worry too much about setup and everything like that. But that goes kind of, it contradicts a little bit what the goal of the podcast was in the first place, which was to just kind of learn, tinker, and grow. If I'm going to learn and tinker and grow and, and expand the studio and explore new tech and stuff like that, um, it only makes sense that I would allocate some of that same energy to, say, the podcast format. Um, I want people to watch this. I want this podcast to grow and to, you know, gain an audience. Like, why would I, you know, it's fun for me to do this, but why would I do it if there was nobody out there that's listening? So if I'm going to improve the podcast, um, might as well also improve the flow and the structure and the layout of it. So uh, I want to play more with intros. I want to eventually get in some animated graphics and things like that. I want to come up with some sort of uh, consistent outro, just little tweaks that kind of fine tune it over time to make it more fun to do and make it hopefully more entertaining, entertaining for any of you out there watching. So for now, since I don't have a, uh, a scripted or dedicated outro, I would just say thank you again for watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. That's where you'll get to see all the cool stuff that I'm talking about as opposed to just hearing it. Um, and uh, with that, I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching, and bye-bye.